good morning, everybody that's uh, watching on Facebook this morning and watching on YouTube uh, later on and listening to us on uh, podcast. And I encourage you every week to share these messages with people, not that I want to hear myself all over the, the atmosphere, but let me tell you something, it's God, and it's God's way of being able to share his mission and what he wants to do in Gassaway, West Virginia. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Father Lord, that uh, as we get into this message, Father Lord, that you will just uh, help me and give me the strength and Father Lord, the, uh, the knowledge to be able to, to do this. And Father, I give you thanks and I give you praise and I give you honor for it because it is in the name of Jesus that we thank you and ask you for these things. No weapon formed against me will prosper today or anyone in this church and we give you glory and praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Lindsay is leading worship at our Winfield campus this morning. Um, uh, those that are visiting with us, we are a two-campus church. We have one in Winfield in Putnam County and then this one here and two more to come. I just don't know where they are yet. And uh, so we're just believing God to, for him to show us. But anyway, Lindsay is there. Christy is on babysitting duty. Uh, and so uh, I, the reason why that they are there, just let me, let me share this with you. Josie, who is the worship leader at our Winfield campus, her father was killed in a hit-and-run um, accident in, uh, up close to Cleveland this past week. And so um, I think the funeral, uh, I think they're trying to raise money. So you can go on to uh, Facebook uh, and look up Josie and be able to give if you can, if you can spare to, to be able to sow a seed uh, into her life and to, and to the life of her father. And it will be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, it, it is so neat how this sermon came to, to play it, it, because of that song that you all just listened to, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And many of you all have heard that before. You've heard that particular scripture. I have actually preached many times upon this scripture that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But there's some things that I want to pick out of this that I don't know if you've ever thought of. But in Isaiah 54 and 17, it says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And even in every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Now, I'm not even preaching that part. But I'm going back to this. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me. Key word there. Righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. See, you are righteous. You are holy. You are godly. You say, well, I didn't act like it this week. But let me tell you something. You keep confessing. And let me tell you something. The, the, the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit will, will grow in you. And God has prepared something for you. And he is going to continue to help you even on your worst day. Even on your worst day, God is there and he is not helping you. He is helping you to get through it. So the key is this. No weapon that is formed, key word, formed against thee shall prosper. Understand something that in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9, it says this. It says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Now, I want you to understand that there are no new weapons that the enemy could use on you. 
There are no new, uh, new schemes that he can pull up on you. There is no, nothing new that Satan can do. All his things that he does to people, he is just repeating, repeating, repeating. But let me also tell you that there is nothing new under the sun for God. God is not going to create anything different from what is already in his word. People say many times, they say God is doing a new thing. I don't agree with that. Because how can there be a new thing? Because he hasn't created a new thing. Now, he may be doing a new thing in your life. He may be in a, a doing a new thing within the church that hasn't been done before. But there is nothing new under the sun. And he can't do anything. Well, I mean, he can do anything that he wants to. But contrary to the word of God, what he says in the word is what we do. <coughs> and that's what we have. And that's what we have to go by. Nothing new under the sun. So the question is this. What is being formed against you? Uh, have you ever thought about that within the scripture? What has been? No weapon formed. No weapon that Satan has formed against you shall prosper. Now, we, we know that the word formed, and I'll go into it here in just a minute. But it, is, it, it means it fits. You know, when you, wear, when you wear a dress or you wear an outfit and it fits, it forms to your body. And the weapons that Satan has formed against you fits you. Are you with me? Satan is to destroy you and that's the only thing that he has come here to do is to destroy, to lie, to kill, and to destroy you and me. So what he has done is he has formed, he has formed weapons against us. But what the word of God is telling us in Isaiah 54, 17, that if you are blood-bought, if you are under the blood of Jesus Christ, if you serve him, if you are filled with his spirit, what he has formed against you shall not prosper. <coughs> I put on there. Calls for people running and shouting all over the church. It made me do it. You say, well, why do I have to go through stuff? Well, you have to go through stuff so that you yeah, never trust anybody without a limp. You have got to go through things within your life that are going to affect you and make you who you are. Who you are in Christ. And I know some of us, and some of you all, <coughs> today, I wouldn't trade places for you for anything with where you are. But let me tell you something. I, we pray that God is just going to continue to, to mold and to make you. Because you know why? He is the potter and you are the clay. And none of us can say that we've arrived. So what is being formed against you? We know... That what Satan has done is he has, he has virtually shaped weapons into destroying and configured things into us so that he can destroy us. Because that's what the word form means. It's a visible shape or a configuration of something. A, a practical way in which things exist or appear or manifest. 
There are weapons that have been formed against you from your birth. Because what Satan has done is he has studied your mommy and your daddy and your grandparents and their great-grandparents and their great-great-great-grandparents. He knows, Satan knows your family heritage. But thank God Satan doesn't know our future, but he only knows our past. But just think, when Jesus was, was conceived of the Holy Ghost inside of Mary, and, and, with, and with all the things that, <clears throat> that, that went on during the time of the incubation time of him being in the womb, and how there were many occasions for him to be destroyed. There were boys that were destroyed during this time because they were trying to find him. Satan, being so stupid, went and tried, I hate to use that word, but went to try and, 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 and just wiped out so many, so many children because they were looking for the man called Jesus. Understand something, that Jesus is untouchable. And the one that we serve, which is Jesus Christ, lives inside of you. So no weapon that is formed against you is going to prosper. Because Satan, from the day that you were born, he knows everyone who is born. He knows people that are born. And he, and he has a strategy and a strategic plan to destroy you. Do you understand? Did your mama ever look at you and say, Do you understand me, boy? What I am saying to you is that Satan has a sentence against your life. To destroy your marriage. To destroy your home. To destroy your finances. To destroy your church. And he has formed an allegiance against you. Satan will form excuses for you. I was talking to a lady this morning who said this to me. She said, there are a lot of hypocrites in church. And I said, yeah, you can come and join us. One more won't hurt. And what happens is, is that we get this mentality that we can't go to church because we're not good enough. Well, let me explain something to you today. If it was not for the blood of Calvary, we would not be good enough. But because of Calvary, you and I, we, we, have the, the, we actually come from the lineage of Jesus. And I'm telling you what, we are good enough. And we have rights because of the blood. And these fiery darts that the enemy throws us and the weapon 
that is formed against us shall not prosper because we have to know who we are in Christ. Now, many people say this. Have you ever said, well, I'm just trying to find myself. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I'm just trying to find myself. Let me just give you a sense of satisfaction. Go to the mall. Go to the mall. I've said this before. Go to the mall, and there is, a, there is a directory that will show you every location of every store within the mall. But there is also a little arrow that says, you are here. So you found yourself. I'm just trying to be a blessing. I'm just, just trying to help you today. And you say, well, why aren't you screaming and yelling at us yet? Well, let me tell you something. Sometimes, sometimes I have to get the point across without yelling and screaming at you. Let me tell you something. There is a weapon that is formed against you to destroy you, to destroy your life, to keep you from your destiny. Let me tell you something. You are created. And, and listen to what I'm saying to you. You are created for one thing and one thing only, and that is to serve God and to do His will. That's it. Whether it's on the praise team, whether it's taking an offering, whether it's security, whether it's teaching a class or, 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 or a small group or, or whatever. But let me tell you something. I believe it's bigger than that of what God wants to catapult you into. God wants to do great things in your life. But if you are constantly saying, I can't, I can't, I won't be able to do that, I'm not willing to do that, then you could go through your whole life and leave this world not being fulfilled with what God wants to do in your life. When a baby is formed in the womb, it takes a shape. Some people have bigger wombs than other people have. Babies are somewhat, sometimes bigger than, than uh, some, big, some babies come out big, some babies don't. But it is taking shape. And, and the wound, now understand, the wound is only as big as the baby that will cause it to grow to a certain size. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything that has to do with this message? So Satan has formed weapons to manipulate you into a constant failure and defeat. Let's look at some of the weapons that Satan will use on you. Satan will use, and I want I to, to touch bases on this one, and it's just ironic that Satan uses a weapon of unbelief to take you down. Faith is the, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. But what Satan will do is he will manipulate, he will manipulate and form unbelief into your stature into who you are and will cause you not to believe for anything is there anybody in the house that is believing God for something 
Well, you have to understand that what Satan wants to do and all his devil and demons that, that are, are around him and, and that, have been, um, that have been sent to, to cause you to, to have unbelief, what will happen is he'll rob your faith. Satan uses the weapon of unbelief to take down your faith. Well, your church will never grow because of the area that it is. I've heard that before. Well, I don't believe that. Because let me tell you something. God can grow it wherever people are obedient. And, and, and let me tell you something. Church growth doesn't come from the pastor. Church growth comes from obedience. It comes from obedience. It comes from talking to Jesus. It comes from having fellowship with him, having a relationship with him, having Bible studies with him. Take, think about this today. How many, how many people have, have prayed? How many people have read? How many people have studied? How many people have sought the face of God this week? But yet, it's like you can come to church, but Satan can rob you from your unbelief. And give you unbelief and take your faith. And the problem is, is because we, we don't, we're not geared in the word and we don't know the word. We can't stand on the promises because we don't know what they are. And what happens is we don't know how to counteract what the enemy's doing. So we let him bully us. And let me tell you something. I don't care how tall you are or how little you are, how big around you are or how skinny you are. Let me tell you something. You cannot let the enemy bully you. He is not a schoolyard bully. Anybody who was ever bullied in your life, I, I wasn't bullied. I've I, I got to admit, I mean, there was a couple of guys that uh, would pick on me from time to time. And, and I remember there was a guy named Mark George. Are you here today? guy named Mark George and, and Nick Delaney and I had a locker together all through junior high and high school. I don't even know if you know this. He was on drugs in junior high school, Lincoln Junior High School. Hey, he was on drugs then. And he would come by our locker and pick on uh, Nick and me. Almost sounds like a TV show, Nick and me. So, back when, when weights first came out, there, they had, you had a dumbbell, and, and, and then you also had these little weights. And I took, you know, Samuel, Samuel Colt made man equal. I'll move on from that one. <clears throat> I took both of the weights off, and I had this bar in my hand. And I took it to school, and I put it in my locker. And I told Nick, I said, Nick, I said, if he lays another hand on me, I said, if he touches me or touches you, and his locker was right beside of ours, I said, I am going to wear him out. Yeah, I was going to do it. I don't know if word got back to Mark, but he never bothered us after that. But let me tell you something. The key to this, sometimes you, got, sometimes you just got to rise up against the, the schoolyard bully. 
And that's what Satan wants to do. And how many people have seen the Christmas story? Come on now, they show it a hundred times during the, in Christmas, you know, and, and he beats, what's that guy's name, Barf or whatever his name is, and, and, and Rick or whatever that, huh, whatever his name is, and he starts punching on him and beating on him and it never bothered him again after that. Let me tell you something, what the enemy, you've got to reverse that and allow God to fight your battles. Satan uses unbelief. To take you down. He has formed a weapon of unbelief to keep you from receiving the promises of God. And what you have to do is you have to look at the source of your power. The, the power that you really truly have within your life. In Matthew chapter 14, 28 through 31, it says this. Is, and I'm just, it's not on the screen, I don't think. And, and, and I, didn't, I meant to not put it on the screen. But I'm just going to kind of paraphrase something here with this. Peter walked on water. Do you believe that? Some people don't believe that, that, that Peter walked on water. I believe that he truly walked on water. Um, I, some people don't believe that Noah... Uh, there was, that, that never happened. And, and I'm thinking, how in the world can, can it not happen? And, and, and as, as long as his faith was focused on Jesus, he was able to do the impossible. When his focus shifted on the wind and the waves, he sank. Whenever you begin to sink or to fail, it is the evidence of your unbelief that you are looking at your circumstances instead of your promise. You're looking at the mountain instead of the mountain mover. You're looking at the balance in the checkbook versus God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. What I love about Ricky and Kara, they're so real. They'll tell things that you wouldn't tell. You keep it quiet. They're, they're real. They're transparent. And you know, thank God for people that are transparent, that'll share. Yeah, you wouldn't ever tell. Some of you may never even tell that before. But let me tell you something. I don't know anybody that's never, uh, never gone through something like that. But God. And you may never be fought with money. You may never, ever be fought with money. That may be not, not one thing that you would ever be fought against. But yet, you may be fought with women, or you may be fought with men, or you may be fought with lust, or you may be fought with, uh, with greed or gossip. You, there must be other areas that you may be fought in. But let me tell you something. If you can get the revelation of the power of God, when you take your eyes off of God and you put them on your situation, you will fail. I guarantee you, you will fail, because I have done that, and God doesn't want us to be failures. He wants us to be overcomers. <coughs> Believe God for it. One of these days, I'm going to share a story. I'm not clear to tell it yet, but I'm going to tell a story of something that happened to me recently that is so cool. Simon Peter was doing the impossible. Our God can make and allow you to do the things that are impossible and make them possible for you. 
To be like Jesus, we have to resemble him. Let me ask you a question. Have you looked like him this week? Have you acted like him this week? Have you had fellowship with him this week? In Jeremiah, number, uh, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 here, it says this. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you apart. Don't think for one minute that Satan hasn't studied you and knows what buttons to push in you. He knows. Those that are married, do you know how to make your spouse mad? Do what? No? Yeah. You know how to do it, don't you? No? Never? You know how to do it. You, you may have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You know, how, you know how to make them mad? Sure you do. You know how to push their button. You know exactly what to say every time. true why do you know that because you've been with them you live with them you studied them you know how do you know that Satan knows how to push your buttons because he studied you He knows that I do not like people to tailgate me. He knows that. I hate to be tailgated. I'll tell you what, if I'm wearing a pulse shirt and somebody tailgates me and I'm going to give them a piece of my mind, I will stand there bare chested. Because <laughs> I am not going to give this church a bad name. Yeah, it would run. But, but what I'm saying to you is that, you, you know, and we laugh about it, but, but we have to understand is, is that, you know, don't think you're anything special or not, but, you know, there, there is a bounty for your head. If you're going to work in ministry in this church, don't think it's glamour. You sign up, man. I tell you what, it, it just you, you've got you've to just lay it over to Jesus and give it to him. Satan doesn't have any new tricks. Don't allow him to form you into his likeness. But allow God to form you into his. Isn't that good? Allow him to form you into the, into the Christ-like individual that you should be. You, you say, well, I've never heard preaching like that before. And, and I just thought that I was just supposed to say what was ever on my mind and make people mad and just plow over anybody that I can to get to the top and, 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 and to, to be able to, to do that, but yet to call myself a Christian. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. Being Christ-like means to be like Jesus. 
Now, can we mess up? Yes, we can mess up. Do we have to mess up? No, we don't have to mess up. But I will tell you this. The reason why we do mess up is because I think, and I believe this, because maybe our prayer life isn't where it needs to be. Our study time isn't where it, We have to understand is that the Word of God is our roadmap. There's nothing more that they could put in the Word of God that could help you even more. There's nothing that can be added to it. But don't allow Him to form you into His likeness. Have you ever noticed that when you get around negative people, it causes you to be negative also? Have you ever seen that? And people try to one-up you. Their pain's worse than your pain. Oh, you say, people say, oh, my back hurts today. Oh, well, but I'm telling you what, mine hurts worse than yours does. And, and, you know, it's just like, come on now. But what happens is, is that what people say can affect you, and you have to shake it off, and you have to say, well, you know what, you, you know, you'll never amount to this. You'll never have this, or you'll never have that. Well, if you listen to that, then you won't. But let me tell you something. What God wants to do is he wants you to be positive. Because there's enough negative people. And here, let me tell you something. People say this. Well, they say, you know, I want to start going to church. I want to get saved. I want to accept Jesus into my life. Or I want to rededicate my life. But if I do so, I'm going to have to get new friends. No, you don't. Because God is giving you the ability to change your friends. Be positive. We allow Satan to use his weapon of negativity to form us. We begin to speak negative. And we begin to have a bad attitude. And then what happens is Satan begins to form and to take over your life to where you become a kick the can Christian saying woe is me <clears throat> I had a dear friend call me the other day and he said we have a job opportunity that you may be interested in so really he said yeah I said okay Went on and applied. Then they sent me a test to take. <laughs> I looked at the first question. Had three multiple choice answers. And my answer didn't come up to none of theirs. I went to question number two. I looked at that question. 
And I didn't know the answer to that one either. I'm thinking, what in the world is going on here? Crazy questions. I've been in the corporate America world for years and years and years and managed banks and degrees and stuff. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I don't get it. Or Christy said, well, I'll help you. John Christopher said, well, I'll help you. And I said, they don't want your answer. They want mine. I walked away and clicked out of that. And it's almost like despair and negativity tried to overcome me because I didn't know the answer to two questions. Well, what you don't know, you don't know. And I don't believe that you should fake it till you make it. And I had to shake it off. And I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe, maybe, woe is me. I, I just, I can't figure out that question and, and this kind of stuff. And I, I just, I thought, well, I just, you know, I just, I just don't know. You cannot let, you cannot let the circumstances that you're going through in your life to affect you in a negative way, but to allow God to use the things that you go through that will catapult you to where God is taking you. Because he's taking you somewhere. I'm 51 years old and God has been working on me all through my life that gets me to this place that's taken me somewhere that I've never been before. And God wants to do that in you. Are you up for the challenge or are you going to sit around and feel sorry for yourself? Now here's the good part. You have the ability to not allow the weapons that are formed against you to prosper. You have the ability to not allow the weapons that are formed just to your personality, just to your life, just to who you are, to your character, to your personality. Let me tell you something. Satan has taken the weapons formed against you and has categorized them and personalized them to you. No weapon formed against my son will prosper. No. No weapon formed against my daughter will prosper. No. No weapon formed against my wife will prosper. No, no weapon formed against you and me shall prosper. But you can allow it to prosper. God's will 
for your life is that you walk victorious. Okay? Victorious through the storm. I mean, victorious through the storm. Everybody, you're either going through a storm, you just come out of one, or you're getting ready to go in one. I, I prophesy that over to you today, that we're going to go through things. We're going to go through things in our lives. But let me tell you something. It is to build our character, who we are. You have the ability to not allow these weapons to even be formed against you. And then, let alone, let them to prosper. Let me define prosper to you. To succeed or to flourish. And then he says, back in the scripture that I originally read to you over in Isaiah 54, 17, it says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So how do you determine whether you are a servant of the Lord? Well, I walk with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. So guess what? That makes you a servant of the Lord. You serve him. You pray. You've accepted him into your heart and life, and you believe. You believe in him. That makes you a servant. Now, understand something that many people can take that down a different road, but I want you to understand that this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. That the weapon that is formed against you shall not prosper. So when you think, let me, let me, let me give you something else here. When you define uh, inheritance, when you define the inheritance, you, you know, when people pass away, they, they will leave you an inheritance, the the, the Word of God is part of your inheritance. And, and, and Kenneth Copeland said this. Let me, give you a, <clears throat> let me give you a quote from him. He says, The Word of God is the number one weapon that God has given you to win in life. When, you apply, when it is applied correctly, it can solve any problem, financial disaster, chronic illness, crumbling marriage, broken relationship. To be debt-free, to be well and not sick, and to be free and not addicted, God has given us the word of God to extinguish all the flaming arrows that the enemy would throw at you. Ephesians chapter 6, 16 says this. He says, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith that you are able to quench some of the fiery darts of the wicked. Now look at it. Doesn't it say some? Let's all read it. Read it together with me. Above all. Taking on the shield of faith, you're not reading. All right, y'all start. Here we go. One, two, three. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith that you shall be able. Well, if it says all, then why are you letting it to be some? All of the fiery darts of the wicked. All. That's what I. That, that's a running joke between between the, the stout youngins back there and and, uh, and Tori and, and and David and all of them. We always laugh about that. And Jake, we always laugh about all. All means all. All the fiery darts of the wicked. Can you put that back up there, Kathy? Let me let's just look at it again here. He said, and above all, taking on more than anything. More than anything. More than anything. Above all, 
That's what that means. More than anything, taking the shield of faith. What is the shield of faith? Come on now. What is the shield of faith? What is it? God's word. Thank you, Dad. God's word. That's exactly what it is. Taking on the shield of faith. Wherewith? That you're able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked. You have to have the word of God to be able to counteract what the enemy is throwing at you. And you are an overcomer. You are victorious. You are an overachiever. God has called you to do that, but you have to use the word of God. You have to know the word. If you don't stand on the promise, if you don't know what the promises are, you can't stand on them. You got to know that you are a child of the Most High God. And you have rights, and the devil has no right to meddle with God's people. It says here, Paul's for effect for people to run and shout all over the congregation. It's just... All the fiery darts... And let's talk about some of the fiery darts. Lying, gossip, cheating. A good old country song. Yeah. All those things. You know, let me tell you something. God can help you with people that have wandering eyes. I notice it when I walk into the gym. People are just staring at me when I'm walking in. I know, it's like I walk in the gym, you know, and it's. It's like, please, no, no. I've already, I left my Sharpie in the car. I'm not signing any autographs today. But let me, let me explain to you, though, what, what you have to understand, and, and, and you've got to learn this. You have to learn this, but, you know, not every good-looking thing that walks down the street needs your opinion. i got to tell you this, and I'm almost done. Almost. And I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. John, Christopher, and Christy and I are in the gym in Huntington in Barbersville the other day. And I had already ran. I already ran my 5K for the day and was just going to do lifting weights and, and doing all that. So, you know, John Christopher 6'4 and 280. He's about David. And, and David and, and John are so much alike. They have... They could snap you in half, but they have a personality that is just absolutely so gentle. So, John and I are lifting weight. Andy, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to tell this story and get back into the message for the altar call. I, I hope I can. So we're lifting weights. Those that have children as parents, have, have you ever embarrassed your kids? You ever do it on purpose? 
I'm trying to get my nerve up. I'm stalling. So we're lifting weights and we're working arms and we're working chest. And I said, John, I said, is there some weight and some exercise that I can do that'll cause my boobs not to sag? And he looked at me. I didn't mean to say it bad. You wiped your smile off when you looked at you. She was, Yolanda was smiling until I looked up at her. It was just like she got caught. <laughs> I hope I didn't offend you, but I said that. And, and, and it's like, John turns around and looks at me and he says, Really, Dad? Well, I was being honest. You know, gravity shifts as you get older. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's looking at me. She said, I don't know about you, boy. I don't know why I told you that. Is that on the recording? <laughs> I don't know. But, and I don't mean to be offensive to you, but, but I said that for a reason to you. Let me just think after, I've I, I got to think why I said that to you. I, I did, I said it for a reason. Let me, let me check my notes, I don't think it was in there. John still can't get past it, I even said that. I know what it was. Because we need to exercise our faith. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I knew there was a reason why that I said that. We have to exercise our faith. <laughs> if, we don't, if we don't want stuff to sag in our spiritual lives, guys, we need to exercise our faith. Because there are fiery darts. I'm glad I said that at the end. There are fiery darts that the enemy wants to throw at you. But we have to pick up the shield of faith. Wherewith it we're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And we can overcome. In disgust with his dad... John takes me to a different set of workout weights. And he said, Dad, he said, this will help you. And I start working. I'm not even trying to make eye contact with you. I'm, I, I start working. I start working. I start working them. And man, when I woke up the next morning, I was so sore. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I was so sore. 
That's how you know your exercise works because you're sore at the end of it. The next day you're sore. And what happens is sometimes when we go through things within our lives, we, man, it just absolutely wears us out. But God... I want to be strong in the faith. But you know how I'm going to be strong in the faith? I have to exercise my faith. Just like Kara exercised her faith and Ricky and, and believed God for, for that money. And, and, and even within our lives, sometimes when we can't believe, God is still there and faithful. Did I save it? Thank you, Jesus. You've got to work your faith. You've got to exercise your faith. There's many times. 5K is 3.11 miles. All right? I've been running 5Ks for years. I've got T-shirts from races that I've run. And, and, and I've done them for charity, and I've done them for, you know, to get awards. I've run this one out here. Christy runs. You know where the place that I want to quit is? At the two-mile mark. I want to quit at two miles. Some of you all say, man, I can't even run across the street, and here you're running two miles. When I get to two miles, I get bored. And I'm thinking, I don't have to do this anymore. I know I can do 5K. I know I can run. But, but yet, what I do is I press. And I push. And what I want to encourage you today is to start pressing in. Start pushing in. Start exercising your faith. Remember, God fights your battles. You, you play on offense. God will fight your battle. But you have to press. And you have to, you have to press in there. And you have to say, I'm going to commit this thing. And I'm going to see it through because God is going to do something through this situation. God wants to help you. I have three days scheduled this week for exercise. And I want to continue to get better. There's this one weight that I lift that's 30 pounds. And it's like this. You do it three ways. You, 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 you get them right here and you lift this way. You pull it on the outside and you bring it in this and, and then there's a, another way where that's halfway in the middle. And by the time you're done doing three sets of reps and 12 of those, you're sore, you're tired, and you don't want to do anymore. But if you're going to get better, you've got to keep doing it. You've got to keep exercising your faith. Continue to exercise your faith and your form will change.
Stand to your feet. If you're heard a guy say this week to me, he said, I'm not even close to where you think I should be with Jesus. And I looked at the person and I said, you know, I said, I've been there too. There's times that I haven't, I felt so far away from God. Anybody else can relate to that? I felt so far away from God that he, he couldn't find me because I was so far away. But he found me. He'll leave the 99 for the one. He'll find you. You're important to the kingdom of God. You may have come through that front door today with a kicking can mentality of woe is me. Don't leave that way. Don't leave that way. Leave as a warrior. Leave as a warrior mentality. Because you are a child of the Most High God. And He wants to do great things with you. So where are you? Where are you with Him? If you feel like that you need to accept him into your life for the very first time you can do it in your seat you can come to an altar it's a place where things die and you can pray and we can help you you, you may have attended Sunday school back when you were a kid you may have went to church when you were a child and and something happened and you got burnt or something happened and within a relationship or you felt like that God failed you God will never leave us or forsake us he loves us and cares about us do you have a need today would you come you want to accept Jesus you, you may be going through something really tough in your life and you want somebody to pray for you today just you can come around the altar this is your time to be with God not for anybody else to interrupt you or to, to, but for you. Something you want to come and thank God for, I encourage you to do that. Because God's faithful. You want to rededicate your life today? It's like, man, I'm tired of fighting and going through this and going through that when I really don't have to go through those things. Come and rededicate your life to Him. God will help you. Anybody have a need? Yes, you unravel me with a melody and you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies 
What are you a slave to today? Would you come? Would you ask him to help you today? What are you going through? Others need to come. The altar is open. Where are you with him today? struggling with today. God wants to help you. <laughs> You're not alone. He loves you. beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're not where you need to be with Jesus. Would you come and make it right? <laughs> would you come and make it right? Say, if I died today, I know I would go to hell today. If you died today, would you go to hell? Would you go to heaven? If you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, you'd go to hell. Step out of your seat. Run to this altar. Get your life right with Christ. You don't have to go to hell. If you knew that that answer is no, you're not here by accident. If your heart's beating real fast and your hands are, and palms are sweaty and just reach over beside of somebody and say, would you go with me? Say, will you go with me? I want to get right with Jesus. I don't want to go another day without him.
I like this part. It's coming up. This is what he'll do for you. Because he loves you so much. Here's what he'll do. Exercise your faith this week. The word says that the earth's been growing. What happens is, is when we exercise our faith, we take on the form of Jesus. We take on his form. And that's what he wants us to do is to take on his form. Putting on the whole armor of God that we're able to withstand the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins turned out with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. But he said, above all, taking on the shield of faith wherewith you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And then when you've done all, we can be confident because he's sure about us. He's confident in his choice. The battle isn't yours. The battle is God's. Fight for you. He let is fighting rise, for you. Do not think that you are alone because He is fighting your battles. He is fighting for you. He loves you and He cares for you. Walk in victory today, dear children of God, because you are a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' name, have a great week. Have a great week. Give him some praise in the house. I want you to know long as I got King Jesus. He's worthy. I don't need nobody else. Do you hear me what I said? <laughs> long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. Come on. I feel like having a little church this evening. Mistreated, I've been beat, scorned, talked about so is all.